Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Count to five. <laughs> oh, man, that Big E would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five-pound gimmick? Count to ten. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking, like, eleven. Does anyone have a problem? Does anybody have a problem with eleven? <laughs> and that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here for another week. And I know I usually call my partner in crime the Rogue of Wrestling but he's really the Notre Damas of wrestling now because he predicted the Kurt Angle angle. The rogue of wrestling himself, Mr. Michael Newman. Oh, son of a bitch. You're right when you're right. Uh, I did, unfortunately, I guess, predict this. But, right? You know what? I guess I'm not going to say unfortunate because I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. I, I'm i kind yeah, of down I... with the Jason Angle angle. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag angle angle. Yeah, what were your thoughts of it? What was your impression? Um, I think because of our conversation, uh, it was like a lot. It was laughter. Like I think I te- I texted you when it happened, and I said that I I literally laughed out loud. But that was because you and I had talked about it and made this like ridiculous suggestion that we were like, what if he did Jason Jordan? And it it works though. I mean, it was a surprise because everybody thought it would be Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. So why don't you have it be Jason Jordan, and let's see where it goes. Do you think? Do you think on some level there was like a, a little bit of debate between like you know if they were thinking like all right we're gonna give the Kurt Angle illegitimate son storyline to one of the two American Alpha guys, and if they were thinking it's like well Jason Jordan probably needs it more so we're gonna give it to him because we think that Chad Gable has more of a chance on his own. Like do you think yeah, that I was mean, part of it, or do you think from the get go they're like yeah we want to do it with Jason Jordan like. We specifically want to do it with him. I could see a little bit of both. I could see a little bit of uh, Vince liking Jordan because he's the bigger guy. Like yeah. You're always going to see that with the tag teams. There's that. But I could also see that, I mean, Gable was the, he's a good worker. I mean, they both, they're both good workers, but I, I give the slight edge to Chad. He's just a little more technical. And he was also a little better on the mic as well. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of felt like, Chad's good with whatever we give him. Let's give Jason a little more depth with this character. Yeah, so then, I mean, obviously, I think coming right out of the gate, uh, you know, Jason's probably going to be a little better off because he's going to have that protection of being able to be associated with Kurt, which I feel like Kurt Angle has so much fucking goodwill with the audience that, like, they would really have to fuck this up to yeah, get he's people got, started, like, He's got so much Jason. goodwill with the dub it. Wait, how does he say it? WWE Universe. The WWE Universe. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I they have a lot of options with this angle too. Yeah, you can. I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say you can either do the just the straight laced. It actually is his son, and 
they're going to work it like that for the rest of their lives. And if it, well, if it doesn't work, they can always do the, the dropping it um, like they've done before. Uh, or the, like you could go like Jason Jordan has these evil intentions where he's faking this whole thing just to get an advantage and get oh Kurt behind God. him. That would be some vile, evil shit. <laughs> yeah, but it would be great for his character because he doesn't have anything right now. So that's that's what's great about him, right? He's a blank slate. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that would be an interesting fucking way to go with it. If if it all fucking fails and you need to turn him like really heel, yeah, you have him like turn on Kurt Angle and then reveal that he's not actually his illegitimate son. He like somehow faked some paperwork or whatever. Yeah, like and, that at be... least get him like the the intercontinental title or something right out of it, and then have him do like the heel turn. Maybe. I, I guess you'd have to figure out, like, what the catalyst would be. It would have to be some sort of either... Well, actually, you no, know, he would probably have to get to the point where he feel like he wouldn't need Kurt anymore, right? Yeah, like he gets saying, the... Like you have to have so much success. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's like, I use you as a launching point to get here, and now that I'm here, I don't need you anymore, so now I can reveal the truth. Haha, I'm not actually your son. Oh, and then wouldn't that be, like, crazy they could do a retirement match? Oh, is, has him retired Kurt Angle? Yeah, well, at this point, and if they if they craft it the right way, I think that would be one of the more interesting sort of storylines to do, right? Even, even if it's not the retirement match, at some point now, if they can, they really should do a Jason Jordan-Kurt Angle's match. Hmm. Because even, even if it's not the last match, like even if it's Kurt Angle just being like, hey, you know what, son? As one of my last matches, I'm going to fight you to you know, see how far you've come. Like, especially if there's um, maybe a storyline for a little while of you know, the mentorship of Kurt Angle trying to help Jason Jordan get better. And then it's kind of like a test at the end of all that. Oh, I want, I want Angle training vignettes now. Totally. Some, like, uh, Rocky-style training vignettes? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. It would be totally different. Like, you have to drink a bunch of glasses of milk. Yes. <laughs> God, that would be... <laughs> Each morning, I down eight glasses of milk. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then he has to, like, run on the milk, and then he's, like, stopping on the side of the road to puke. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. You puke out all the milk. That's part of the training. <laughs> Getting rid of all the toxins. <laughs> Getting rid of all the toxins. I, I will be interested to see how they work uh, Kurt with this. Because did you see the interview after all? Uh, no, I don't think I did. So Kurt like really emphasized in the interview. He's like, uh, I'm happy that I get to like have a son that I, I can show him how not to make the mistakes that I did in the business and stuff. So I wonder if they're going to even dive into like his, his drug use and things like that. It seems unlikely, but. Mm-hmm. He did emphasize it just a little bit. That could be. That also could be, I wonder if it, you know, because they just had his, like, little special come out, and that was a big part of it, so it could be, that, like, he's playing into promoting that by having it be, like, a, a slight part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but then move forward with, you know, just other jerk, uh, general manager stuff, and then trying to also coach uh, Jason Jordan. Yeah. I, I guess um, I could so also yeah, see definitely it. looking forward to this. What were we going to say? Uh, I was just saying, I think that I could also see it at some point, you know, this is like a longer term sort of thing. Like if it's, 
like his involvement with Jason Jordan could be kind of like a call into question his objectivity sort of thing. Like they can use that later on as like a storyline of trying to get him out or replace him. Or it could be a thing of like maybe Stephanie McMahon comes back and makes him like have the choice of like, look, either you can be the general manager, but if you do, you have to fire Jason Jordan because, you know, you have an unfair relationship with him. Or you can stay and be like his coach, but you can't be the general manager anymore or something like that. Like, make him make a choice, and then he would stay with Jason Jordan, and then, you know, either her or somebody else would become the general manager. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I also heard an idea, and I'm a little against this one, is that Steph and Triple H are the ones setting Jordan up to trick Kurt with this. Like, oh, they were like the ones he's that a were pawn? Like, yeah. And the only thing I don't like about that is, as people point out, anytime Steph and Triple H then come in, like, mm-hmm. that guy in their group always gets buried, like how Seth did for a while, even as champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. that one I wouldn't be as a fan of, but it would be, it would be a good story, though be very heelish on their part and things like that yeah that would definitely be something oh my gosh that would be that some next level psychotic shit <laughs> yeah but then again that's that's exactly why they might do it right oh yeah it's like it's you never stuff. thought we'd do this crazy shit did you <laughs> that we would convince some kid to pretend that he's somebody else's illegitimate child to help get them out of power <laughs> When we own the company, so we could just take back the power when we want it anyway. Because that's clearly been established multiple times in the storyline. But whatever. Well, whatever, we're back in charge. It's WWE. We don't acknowledge continuity, even when it suits us. <laughs> we have to create new shit all the time. Um, uh, continuity, though, is a great hmm. transition into one of our other highlights. It was the slight reunion of the S.H.I.E.L.D.? Question mark? This was a very weird segment. And I right? and went on entirely too long. It went on entirely too long. Um Seth Seth Rollins just fucking what a fucking annoying stupid dick with this oh, Ambrose this wasn't martyr much shit. Oh my can you nothing that Ambrose did was half as bad as oh, Seth yeah. Rollins standing there like a fucking pretentious asshole with his arms out like jesus fucking christ jesus christ telling ambrose do it hit me if it'll make you feel better hit me do it and he was like so dramatic and so emo oh my god like that was one of the moments and it happens from time to time when i'm watching wrestling and i look around and i'm like thank fucking god nobody else knows i'm watching this shit this is embarrassing <laughs> to watch. Not even your own wife. You're like, thank like, God, I'm thank not God here. she's at work right now. <laughs> she doesn't see this fucking shit I'm watching right now. It's like, all right, when two guys are fucking punching each other and you know doing some shit, it's like, all right, that's that's cool. It's like you know the violence happening, but this is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, did, were you actually thankful that the Miz came out? Uh, well. I actually I was thankful because I liked Ambrose's reaction. I liked that he laughed at him, because <laughs> because I like that it, in in my brain because I like to work myself into shoots, you know, and in my brain, the 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 obvious direction is the heel turn for Ambrose, and that like 
in my brain, in the storyline, Ambrose, his character already knows he's going to turn heel. It's just a matter of time. And he knows he's going to fucking destroy Seth Rollins, and that's going to be how he does it. And he's tempted to do it at this moment when Seth invites him to do it, but then he's like, no, this is too easy. This is too easy. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it now. And they're like, it's this weird sort of moment for him. And I like, yeah, well, yeah. and it plays really well into his character, right? Because he brought up that I don't even know you anymore. This, this, the guy that I knew that looked like you wouldn't betray his brothers. And then in like our greatest time of need, like you betrayed us. So it would fit with his character to like get Seth when he mostly like when he least expects it, like. Because that would be his right. payback. Right. So do you think that part of the whole trajectory for this is that Dean is going to kind of like lull Seth in a little bit more until, you know, there's some sort of point like a tag team match or some sort of other thing where he's going to have his back turned and then he's going to fucking wail on him. Yeah. With a chair. Yeah. yeah I think it definitely has to be a chair shot to like the back because what Ambrose was the first one hit, I think, when Seth betrayed the shield, right? No, it was Roman. Oh, it was Roman? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, well, oh, then, right. then you he see Ambrose's Roman, face as he and hits Ambrose Roman. did the face. Okay. Um, yes, but then another interesting part of this segment, which uh, kind of links to our main event, was so you have uh, Seth and Ambrose in the ring with Miz, Bo Dallas, and uh, Curtis Axel surrounding the ring, and there was Roman Reigns chance. Well, at least just Roman. Right. Yeah, but then, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say, but then flip to the main event, and he's getting booed. Yeah, well, that's that, that's because people people fucking love Roman in the Shield because people love the Shield. Um, yes. But then once it's back to Roman, and then people remember all the shit that they've done with Roman since then, and they're like, "Oh fuck this guy." Because <laughs> okay, that is not, the thing is doing Shield stuff. Yeah, people fuck people did not fucking inherently hate Roman Reigns. People actually inherently really fucking liked Roman Reigns. Yeah, he was a fucking was, badass. It was the push beyond his means yeah, that got people to hate him. Exactly. It's the push that just, you know, it was it was so obviously shoving him down the throat that, yeah, people, of course, reacted accordingly of being like, fuck this shit. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was it's interesting. And I like that I think it sets up for this Ambrose heel turn because it seems to me the, the story reason for this is going to be that is that like ambrose is still clinging so hard onto the times and the days of the shield that he can't get over the betrayal right like that's the root of mm-hmm. the what he's going to turn on seth for is that he yeah. can't forgive him for destroying the shield yeah because like as seth pointed out it's like dude it's been years man yeah that but was ambrose that was the line that's going to be in the fucking video packages <laughs> uh but Ambrose could bring up. I think he could have a really good argument in his promos, where he's just like, "My base, my career hasn't been the same since then. Like, I don't trust people. Like, I think he could do some really good stuff with that." Yeah, or like you know, just go on some like mad rants about how it's like you know, brothers are supposed to be forever, and you broke that. So yeah, yeah, you know, my pain and my anger towards you is also forever. Like something like that, you know? Yeah, because I, I think Ambrose would be a really good job. At. I, th- I think he actually even said something pretty much verbatim to that shit, like, right after Seth Rollins did destroy the shield, didn't he? When he was, like, saying that, you know, Seth Rollins, I'm always going to be coming after you. Something yes. along those lines. He was, like, y- like, bas- is, 
yeah, it was kind of like you stabbed us in the back, so I want you like looking over your shoulder forever now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he could basically just spit back out his own shit at him, like out again. Yeah, <laughs> but just now that he's in the heel role, I don't know. I, th- I think there could be something because I think if they if they really turn up the volume there, that could be a really intense and good feud. And actually, it's. It's kind of a feud I would really like to see if if they want to do something else with the Intercontinental title other than Miz stuff. This would be the way I would transition it. Like, put it on to one of these two guys. Um, maybe they would have, like, a triple threat at SummerSlam, something like that, between these three. Possibly. And then have these guys feud after over the uh, Intercontinental title for a little while. Like, yeah. just Seth and Dean. Because I think with those with the intensity of those two... And then having it be like symbolized in the Intercontinental title, like I think it could potentially be really good for the title. Definitely elevate the title because those are both two former world champions. Those are both guys that like I think it, we even saw it in each other. I think when they feuded against each other, what was it like two years ago or something? When the or three years ago when the Shield broke up, like yeah, these two guys are very good against each other. They have good chemistry, very good chemistry together and against each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like thus far in WWE, we've only seen uh, Seth as the heel. So mm-hmm. it'd be cool to see it flipped around and give the Intercontinental title some pristine. Yeah, and give Ambrose a good heel run, which I think he hasn't had yet. Yeah, because he was he was heel as part of the Shield, but then he was a uh, yeah, pretty he, much a face. Yeah, because the Shield turned face, and then he stayed face. Yeah, from then on, I think he might have had one heel run possibly i'm trying to remember no really He's okay been faced the whole time yeah so definitely looking forward to a heel run after uh another guy that's on a fresh heel run is big Cass. um which they need to change how they fucking shooting him walking down the ramp because every time he walks down the ramp with that big cast lit up on the screen behind him he mm. covers the sea so it just says big ass <laughs> Every time. So wait, is is it his arm that goes up that covers it? No, it's his head. Like so, oh, they it's shoot his head. him. Okay. They they shoot him Andre style, mm-hmm. where like the camera's low to make him look taller. Yeah. And it's it the way it's angled up at his head. He's walking dead center with the C's the C in the background dead center. So his head just covers it. Maybe maybe it's a rib. Maybe Vince is telling the cameraman to do it because he thinks Big Cass is a big ass. He's like, just stand up, put his head right in front of the sea. Ah, big ass. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got an interesting segment out of uh, Enzo cutting a promo, Cass coming down, Enzo going, no, hold on, you can fight someone your own size. Big Show comes out, but then Cass is able to lay out both Big Show and... And 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 uh, taking out Enzo, who tried to get a cheap shot in on him. This was this was actually really surprising booking for WWE. I feel like really that well that the heels actually get the physical upper hand over the faces. Mm, like, okay, that that very rarely happens. So like usually when the faces have the cards stacked in their favor, like they they usually always win. Right. Exactly. So I th- I think it's interesting because I assumed that the SummerSlam match was going to be Cass versus Big Show, but after this, like, what grounds does Big Show have to stand on? He just got his ass whooped when he came out and like basically ambushed Big Cass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to have to be a handicap match. What do you think? Maybe for SummerSlam here? I did not even think about it that way, but I definitely like your idea. 
Um, another thing that we talked about this segment coming into this was I thought Enzo had a little heelish actions with the um, calling out cast, basically, but then saying, no, hold on, I'm going to sit in the crowd and even kind of put a kid in between him and Cass, um, and then have uh, then try to do the cheap shot uh, part there. But uh, you argued that due to Enzo's size difference, still a babyface move. Yeah, that's that's my argument is that from size difference and the fact that Cass has been such a fucking dick to him so far that uh, yeah. he was justified. I just I look at it as like I don't know Enzo could easily go very heel with how he talks and stuff. Like, he talks so much kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Conor McGregor in the sense that, like, some people love the trash talk, but then you have the half of the audience that thinks he's a big asshole. Well, so the the thing is about the trash talk, for him to be an effective heel is then he would have to back it up, whether either he's beating people up somehow or he would have to get somebody else to beat people up for him. Because if he's mm-hmm. just talking all that shit and then he just loses, then he's a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people would laugh at him. They wouldn't boo him. So, I don't know. He's It's going to be an interesting sort of crossroads for him for where they go, whether he's going to be maybe trying to be like a singles guy in the cruiserweight division or uh, the disaster of just trying to be a singles guy on Raw. That would be the worst. Um, or if he goes into a tag team again with like Big Show or somebody else. Honestly, at this point, the fucking tag team division needs some fucking bodies too. Like, Especially Rawls. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. They're just, like, breaking up tag teams left and right. Because, like, now, you know, American Alpha's broken up now, basically. Because yeah. they're on opposite shows. So, But then who's left on? Well, you got the Hardys. You got, you got the, the Hardys, Revival. the Club, the Revival, uh, and, and the Bar. Sheamus. Yeah. Oh, and wow. um, fucking Slater and Rhino. Yeah. That's, that's your <laughs> tag team. Yeah, because they broke up uh, Goldust and R-Truth. Uh, they broke up and and zone cast. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for who they have in Raw. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, unless unless they put together a new tag team, unless they put together fucking uh, well, you know, unless they use like the Miztourage, that could be a tag team too. But then, like, they have so many fucking heel tag teams. They need a fucking face tag team. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know who would be a really good tag team? Mm. Uh, Finn Balor and an ungimmicked guitar. <laughs> Finn Balor and the co- and the guitar. Yeah, dude, how nasty was that shot? That was really nasty. That like I almost hate to admit it, but it was like with how vicious it was, it was like all right, that actually kind of made Elias Sampson look kind of badass. Like. Yeah. <laughs> the first time ever, I was like, I get it. All right, I get it a little bit. Like, that was good. Now, can, can you improve on everything else? Now, just do that instead of... Well, you know what? I, I guess from, like, the go-away heat perspective, I think he would have been a good addition to the, the tag team we've been pitching with him and Aiden English. I think yeah. he would be a good addition to, like, an Aiden English act. Whereas he can, mm-hmm. Aiden English can draw some legitimate heat, and then Elias Sampson adds a little bit of that go away heat on top, mm-hmm. that just makes it even more heaty, <laughs> even more hot. All that heat, heaty, yeah, like that's an adjective, fucking hot. Retarded <laughs> <laughs> person over here. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out. I think it's either Balor's Instagram or Twitter. He, he tweeted out a picture of uh, 
uh, the back of like his head slash his shoulder after that shot, and just like all bruised up and cut up. Jeez. Uh, then I think last thing on Raw that was a highlight for us was the revival getting a nice win over the Hardys. Yes, thank God that was a good win for those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not only does I think this like further the whole you know, party storyline of like they need to keep losing kind of to I think inspire hopefully the gimmick change. Um, oh, which update on that? No agreement yet. No agreement yet. All right. Well, yeah, apparently the, when we were talking last week, there was an agreement almost signed until Anthem asked for, I believe it was like 50% of the Hardy's, um, uh, like gimmick revenue, like all the shirts and things like that. Wow. And they were like, uh, no. <laughs> it's like, um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, but I, you know what, honestly, they should just fucking, cause like they don't even need the fucking actual parts that get like they don't need the vanguard one like specifically they don't need the seven deities they don't need the that shit like they just need i think matt hardy to do his fucking, it exactly yeah. they just need matt hardy to do his fucking stupid goofy voice and that's it and just have him act weird and there you go like yeah. honestly that's 90 percent of the gimmick is matt hardy just acting yeah. like a fucking weirdo i mean look look how much reaction they got just from saying like broken and obsolete last week mm-hmm. yeah and it's like so. you know honestly you, you you could even change some of the words around for whatever reasoning or like you know put enough space between other words so that it's not copywriting oh you my know, god do whatever you need to I do think but that would that not get like a bigger reaction if if what they like started just using like synonyms of like like when they say brilliant or obsolete like Redundant, redundant, redundant. Yeah, like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious, but uh, that could just be me. They have to, they have to get something else that rhymes with a lot of other things, because like delete, not yeah. obsolete. Yes. Maybe that's why they're fighting so hard to get the exact gimmick, because they're just like, I don't feel like coming up with this shit again. <laughs> well, and you because you also have to recondition fans, like people are conditioned to do the delete chant. Yeah. Oh man! But it's like honestly, you know what the fuck? It like the cha- the people can chant whatever the fuck they want to chant. Like yeah, that can't be can't sue for that. I mean, they've been already chanting the delete thing for months, so yeah. yeah. Obviously, that's no problem. But hmm, I don't know. You know what? All right, here's my here's my wackadoo theory. Just to tie this into something else, real quick. Uh, what if they're gonna have the regular Hardy Boys on Raw? And then have the Broken Hardys on SmackDown, and they're the ones who have been raiding the Fashion Police headquarters. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> if, if they're just pulling double duty, they don't acknowledge each other, but it's <laughs> Matt and Jeff Hardy on Raw, and then you have Broken Matt and Brother Nero on SmackDown. Oh, and they would totally do the thing, like, if you ask Broken Matt on SmackDown, like, wait... Weren't you at, like, normal Matt and Jeff Hardy on, like, Raw? Like, who is that? (laughs) What is this Monday Night Raw run by Mr. Meek Mahan? (laughs) Uh, That's a better idea than the one I've heard thrown around, which is kind of scary to me. 
because I hope it's not wasted on these guys as much as I love one of them. But could it be Luke Harper and Eric Rowan? Oh, that's the fuck. reaction. You're I had. right. You're right. God damn it. That's who it is. Because we haven't seen these motherfuckers for weeks. Yep, and Months. wasn't the one clue that they were two big guys that are kind of similar or something yes, like that? Yes, they're big guys. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did they say something about face paint before? They definitely did have face paint, or was that a misnomer? They weren't sure about that. Oh, shit. I forget. I think maybe the face paint might have thrown out, because they just might have said it was two big guys. God damn it. You're right. That's what it is. Well, hey, you know what? At least those guys are back on TV doing something. And Yay at least, for Luke Harper. And at least they're together a in a tag team because that's what they're supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess there's that. Um, and I, I think Luke Harper and the Fashion Police going back and forth on promos could be really good. I don't... I don't know. What the fuck would they even promo about? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it'd be the most ridiculous shit ever. I don't even think oh, you'd have you a back and forth. My, my highlight of that segment was in, in the background uh, on the board. They had a picture of a string connecting Scotty to Hottie to the boogeyman. No. And it was the string was going into the boogeyman's mouth, and it was supposed to be Scotty Tuhati did the worm, <laughs> and the boogeyman eats worms. Wow, that was I that was is... like, whoever does these is just <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like, it's probably them. It's probably fucking Fandango and Breeze, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And then there was um fucking who did they have it on there? It was like unintelligent life form or something like that. Mm, yeah, I forget who it was, though. I was, was it Chimmel? To... I think so. I think it might have been Chimmel. See, that's what I love. It's a nice mix of like stuff that the audience can get behind and then probably some inside jokes for them. Right, because it, it's, it's, it's funny enough, just ridiculous comedy that most people who are watching it or, you know, who are into, I guess, general SmackDown are going to find the stuff funny, but then the hardcore fans are going to find all the little things on the wall that are yeah. the inside extra jokes. Like having like uh, the picture of Sami Zayn and saying like generic needs a mask like right exactly that <laughs> that's that still gets me the little smirky jokes yeah <laughs> like us <laughs> like us although they they fucking are launching a campaign against the Smarks uh, with this news of canceling fucking talking smack yeah this was uh this is bullshit. I... Basically, the the rumors that I'm hearing is it's basically that McMahon didn't like having a live show that he couldn't control. Maybe. I I wonder if part of it, too, was like this long stretch of weeks where like, all right, because like Daniel Bryan and Renee Young, like them together and the unscriptedness was what really made the show really fun. Shane McMahon on there was like serviceable from time to time. JBL was dog shit. Horrible. So, like, I wonder if it was just, you know, I don't know, he happened to see it one time and it was like, what the fuck is this shit? Because, like, yeah, with, and with I wonder McMahon, if... it kind of lingers a little bit and it's like, eh. So, at best, that's what he was seeing. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I wonder, too, if the numbers took a hit from being after 205 Live all those times. 
maybe that like people because i mean i know i i i would much rather watch uh smackdown or talking smack right after smackdown than 205 live right after smackdown mm. i suppose I may mean, still watch both but yeah yeah <laughs> you still dutifully watch everything you are told like a good yeah. WWE fan. <laughs> good boy. Um, we also saw the Punjabi prison set up for the first time in years. Years. On uh, WWE programming. Um, question for you. Yes. If you, had, if you don't know the exact statistic, what would your approximation be for the distance between the two walls of the Punjabi prison? <sighs> Couple like, feet at most couple feet at most all right i mean it was able to fit kali and the big show at one point okay now granted i'm i'm guilty of not having watched one any of the previous uh punjabi prison matches you're not um, missing anything <laughs> now so i don't know if anybody's done this spot before but if they haven't i don't i don't know why the fuck not um but if you're climbing up the so you get up out of the first one uh-huh. And if you you know, you turn around, you're going back down. If you don't immediately then just turn around and then just go from the first wall to the second wall without, like, if you actually climb all the way the fuck down and then back the fuck up, what the fuck kind of unathletic fucks are these <laughs> that can't just? Well, oh, I'm just gonna turn and reach and grab the other well, one. Well, you haven't you haven't had an athletic person really in this match yet. The four people that have been in this match was the first one was between. The Undertaker and the Big Show. Oh, and well, there's the, that. Okay. Yes, because the first one was supposed to be Undertaker and Great Kali, but Great Kali got popped for elevated liver enzymes, and so they thought he was taking something, but he really wasn't. Um, He's just a fucking freak. Yeah, so he missed that first match. So they've replaced him with the Big Show last minute, and then the second match was Great Kali versus Batista. So this is the first time with Orton and Jinder in there that you have some kind of athletic guys that could do that leap, I think. Yeah. And All especially, right. I think you're going you're, you're gonna to see something with the Singh brothers. Oh, totally. You could see them do, either them doing something acrobatic, or you could see one of them, like, squeeze through the little, uh, the holes in the fence. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that, because I was also looking at those, and those seem to be rather big. Yeah. So. You could definitely do something with them. Or, like, them reaching through and, like, holding Orton, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, reach through and, like, handcuff his hands or something, or, I don't know, grab his dick. Yeah. <laughs> just just pull down his trunks and it's like, hey, we have your dick. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think they definitely have a little more options this time around with this Punjabi prison. We have your dick, Mr. Orton. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. If they should fucking do if they um if they're the ones that are supposed to open the doors for the one minute and if like say like Jinder gets out but then Orton doesn't, they just like slam it in his face. It's like thank you, come again. <laughs> <laughs> Although honestly that is that is what fucking Jinder should be saying every time he hits his finisher on somebody. <laughs> just afterwards, like, thank you, come again. And then just like hand them a receipt. <laughs> One coloss. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say with with some change. 
And then just yeah, just throws a couple of uh, rubles at him. Or rupees. Yeah, rupees. Rupees <laughs> is Indian money, right? Yeah, I think so. Ru- rubles is uh, Russian money. Yeah, I was getting mixed up. Yeah, rupees. Uh, just throws a couple of rupees at him. <laughs> yeah, all, all those non-American money. Ooh, or maybe maybe because he's a heel, he instead he would say, "Thank you, don't come again," <laughs> <laughs> or like, "Thank you, go away," <laughs> like something like that. We are closed. <laughs> We're closed. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh man. We're closed. <laughs> Um, Bathroom is for customers only. <laughs> <laughs> but don't kick your ass for free. <laughs> we should just have Apu right. <laughs> just have. Oh my god. So we should just fucking edit Apu's head over Jinder Mahal's body. For all his fucking promos and shit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Man, man, we we think WWE's racist. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. Look at that. Disgrace. You know what wasn't racist though? It's mm. <laughs> the best transition I can <laughs> Was uh Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. No, that was not racist. Great match. Really fucking solid match, and what a fucking great win for Becky Lynch. You know what? Is this is this the the week of like one person on every show getting a really good win? Like, all right, on on Raw we had the revival getting a good win over the Hardys. On SmackDown we yeah. got Becky Lynch getting a great win over Charlotte. Like, this was killer because especially as Charlotte reminded us in her little promo beforehand, she's beaten Becky Lynch every time they've met. Yeah. Which so, I don't wait, know if what? it's actually true, but I know it's definitely close. Did they then make Becky's win bigger by saying that? Oh my god. Hmm. Hmm. What a strange idea. Putting someone over? What a strange idea, Joseph. Whoever did you come up with this? <laughs> it's on the internet. On the internet. It sounds like a scary place full of strange ideas. I shan't and like it. Smarks brothers. And Smarks. Fucking Smarks. No, I fucking loved it. I loved that Becky got that win. I thought she needed it. Yeah. And on, I, I kind of feel like this win, especially with Charlotte's uh, selling the reaction to it, that this is going to be like the seed eventually for when they feud. Like they're going to come back to this match and talk about Becky winning it. Yeah. And, like, Charlotte being kind of fucking pissed about it. Like, she still is pissed that Becky beat her clean. That one time. Even when, like... It's submission, too. And by submission, too. It's not even a pin. It's a fucking made her tap. Mm -hmm. I guess I assume Sasha had to have made her tap at least once. But past that, I'm trying to think of, like, anybody else has ever made Charlotte tap. Oh, not like, that I can think. Of. No one else is really known for their. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I was gonna say I don't think any other Natalia uh, women... would be like the only other one. 
Yeah, and I don't think she's tapped the sharpshooter, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's probably just those two. Yep. Dang. Uh, yeah, so that was All a great right. win. Um, Fashion Police. Uh, and then Cena had the fucking, like, just suck America's dick to the point of uh, he compared him winning this match on Sunday as such a pivotal American moment that it is on the same level, Joe, as 9-11 and storming the beaches of Normandy in World War II. John Cena fighting Rusev, same thing. <laughs> same yep. level of patriotism. Uh, this is one of the examples of why everybody hates Cena's pro. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I guess a, a big portion of the live crowd was into it, though. They were very USA, USA. Well, think America. of where they were. Where were they? Uh, probably somewhere near Nashville, right? Because if Raw was in Nashville, SmackDown's usually in somewhere yeah, close by. Yeah, it was probably nearby there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a it was just so fucking ridiculous and over the top. And I, I think oh, Birmingham, oh. Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and I, I think I think this also gives away potentially. I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, prediction for this flag match, which if Let's it's not it. obvious to everybody, you're a fucking idiot that Cena's winning this. So, like, come on. I don't know. I could see Rusev. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, like, especially after the fucking visual of him getting the flag up there, it's like there's just no way. But and mentioning I think... 9/11 in the promo beforehand, if he loses, oh, yeah. then yeah, if, it if, basically. If... If you mention 9-11 and then you lose, like, you're just un-American. I think you just lose your citizenship, you just, right? You just lose, right? You're, you're kicked out. Um, I, think, I think very specifically what's going to happen is Cena is going to carry Rusev across the finish line with him in, like, with himself in the accolade mm-hmm. with the fucking American flag. <laughs> like... With blood strewn across yep. his face, and yeah, exactly, like exactly, like just the most dramatic thing, like doing the really long waddle step of the, <clears throat> and then he'll finally collapse over the finish line with the flag, you know, and then he uh, pops up in a Budweiser, <laughs> exactly, and then five seconds later he'll pop up and not sell the whole thing, <laughs> and then just fucking AA Rusev through the floor, and he's like, motherfucker, I'm John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> America fueled me with strength, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, so yeah, are, you, are you also down for a uh, Cena victory? Definitely. Alright. But what's what's uh what do we got on the rest of that card then? Uh to kick off, we have a pre show match of Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. Hmm. I think Ty probably wins this one. Faces usually do on the pre show. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just in the same fucking spot he was when he first came up. He's just yep. the pre-show guy and hasn't done anything since then. Yep. All right. Well, I guess at least he's probably still going to win. So yeah, for whatever that's worth. Uh, then we have Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis with Maria in his corner, and these guys are just having a match because Sami is clumsy. Uh, yeah, basically, right. Um, I mean, it's just him, like, knocking stuff over near their interviews mm-hmm. that caused Mike and Maria to get into a fight with him. I think Sammy's going to win this one. I think he might, too. 
I think because I think it's gonna play into the whole Mike and Maria relationship thing. I th- I think it's gonna be because like uh because Mike already got that win on SmackDown, and then because like you could very easily do some sort of kind of like screwy like miscommunication sort of thing leads to like an opening, and then Sami Zayn you know hits Mike and then gets the win, and then like you know them not accepting that it was their miscommunication that caused the loss, but they're like, oh, you came between our love and you fucking made me lose, so then they just keep going after it Exactly. So, yep. yeah, I, I think Sami Zayn will get the win here. Yep. Um, and he'll regret, he'll regret winning the match. He'll <laughs> be like, fuck, I should have just laid down, let them move on. <laughs> now I have to continue this feud. <laughs> not have to get bogged down with this fucking feud. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. I'm pretty confident on Sty- uh, Styles winning this clean. Yeah, I think he's going to have a long run with this title. So, yeah, and I feel like Owens is going to move on to. I'm not really sure what at this point. Actually, he. It's kind of unfortunate because this seems earlier than what I feel like they're originally planning on. At least just from the cards, it sort of seemed like. But I don't know. Yeah, like, as probably just like a side question. Where do, where do you think? Thing. Yeah, because like so, as a side question, where do you think I, Owens goes from here? Maybe he takes on because like, I guess just to give it away for our main event, I think Jinder retains. So maybe Owens goes against Randy. Maybe, maybe he could fight Randy. Okay, I can see that. Maybe kind of like build his way up to like the world title. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Hopefully, well, at least, at least hopefully there's some sort of direction for him. Yeah. Um, this is pretty tied into our other match though, which is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. I think Shinsuke's getting the win here too. I think Baron might take this one. Because I feel I feel like Shinsuke they've got they've got more. Um, important matches for him. They've got like a match with Styles at some point on the horizon. I feel like at some point they're going to want to do him and Cena. Um, and he's just he's newer. Like it's more important to keep the win on him. And I think with Corbin, like he does have the briefcase, so they kind of don't care if he wins or loses. And like he, he, they have built in a lot of excuses for him being able to lose with like him losing his temper and shit like that, like getting himself disqualified. So like they have ways to work around him losing. And also, just like mm-hmm. for whatever fucking reason, they always make money in the bank briefcase winners lose. So well, yeah, because they're they have the briefcase, so they can do whatever they want, right? <laughs> right? Right. So they can just eat losses, and it doesn't matter. Although, wait, no, isn't isn't the central idea behind their booking philosophy is we want to make them lose as much as possible, so it's a bigger surprise when they win? And yeah, cash in? I believe that's what the leaked uh, story was. That's so stupid. But I could, I still could see Baron possibly getting a win here, so I'm just gonna say Baron for the hell of it. Yeah, I I could see you being right, but I think Shinsuke's gonna win this. Yeah. Uh, next we have a fatal five way elimination match to determine the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Because um, apparently who... nobody ever just fights for this title; they always just fight no. for the number one contendership. <laughs> yeah, this is what the second paper in a row. <laughs> well, at least in Money in the Bank, like. That sort of thing made sense because it was the Money in the Bank match. But then right before that, they actually did have... It was just this, I think, verbatim same match, right? It was the five-way oh, yeah. match. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the opponents. It's Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Lana. 
Yeah, um, I feel like Charlotte wins this. Especially after fucking Becky getting that win. Like, she was the only one other than Charlotte that I thought could win this. Yeah. And after that, well, now, especially, like, oh. and you have a face Naomi champion, so your options are basically Flair, Tamina, or Lana. Or, wait, is, is Becky's the only face in this match? Well, no, Charlotte's a face right now. Oh, yeah, right now, yeah. Uh, oh, so that's going to be interesting. Well, because they, they kind of were building, and they were working towards, like, that Naomi and Charlotte feud before when Charlotte first came over, but then it never got resolved. Yeah. And all the stuff went down with, like, the welcoming committee and then money in the bank. So this is the final culmination point, at least, or at least maybe step two, chapter two. Of... Yeah, and you can also, in this match, play up the whole, they've really been playing up Charlotte and Becky getting along right now. Mm-hmm. So you could really, in this match, play up them having a disagreement. Yeah, so for for whatever reasoning, whatever the booking is, I think eventually Charlotte uh, gets to win here. Yeah. Uh, we already predicted Cena for the flag match. Uh, then we have the Usos, Jay and Jimmy versus the New Day, Big E, Kofi, and or Xavier Woods mm-hmm. for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. This is a fucking tough one to call because I feel like I think either Usos... way they're going to be rematching at SummerSlam, right? Yeah, so I think Usos retain here, and it's a bigger win for New Day at SummerSlam. I I actually disagree for the same reason. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that New Day is going to win here because like there's going to be so much stuff on the SummerSlam card as it is mm-hmm. that they're not going to want to like I don't know. I feel like just New Day winning the titles would get sort of lost on SummerSlam. Yeah. So I think they might pull a title change now because I don't think they're going to change any other titles on this show. So they could do the title change now and then have the big defense at SummerSlam. I could see that. Uh, but I think I'm going to stick with uh, Uso's retaining here. Yeah. Although I could definitely see kind of either way at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think we're both agreed on Jinder retaining in the main event with the Punjabi prison match. Yeah, I feel like, well, I don't know. I, I, I was so definitely gung-ho in thinking that Ginger's going to retain because then I feel like this sets up um, him and Cena probably for SummerSlam. But then there's also a part of me that I, I was listening to some other people talk and there was they were starting to convince me a little bit of like, well, what if WWE doesn't want to like have Ginger going into SummerSlam as the champion? Like, what if they'd feel more comfortable putting it on Randy? And then somebody else challenges Randy for the title, whether it be Cena Ugh, or if it's like, like Kevin Owens or somebody. But then I was thinking about it and it was like, you know what? I don't buy that because I feel like if Cena's challenging for the title, then they're like, oh, well, we don't, we're fine <laughs> because we're just going to put it on yeah. Cena. So who cares? <laughs> like, we don't care if Ginger's bringing it in because Cena's walking out with it. Yeah. I don't know. At least that'd be my assumption. But then also, I just, I would assume. That, like, if if their whole goal of putting on fucking gender was to increase the Indian market, then they at least need to keep the title on him to one of the really big pay-per-views. And this is the first big one. Because he, he won it after WrestleMania, and SummerSlam's the first really big one after that. So this would be the time where then he would get that publicity, like, you know, there's, like, a lot more of this international crowd that comes 
to big events like SummerSlam and WrestleMania. But then there's also mm-hmm. like the Raw crowd and the SmackDown crowd. So there's just a lot more eyes on that sort of thing. So that's, I feel like they're going to just keep it on gender, right? Like there's no, there's yeah. no reason at this point. No to, reason to switch it to Randy. I mean, the money because, like, is in wouldn't, wouldn't the that match be, with Cena. Yeah. There's definitely that. But then also like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it like really completely shit on like the whole because, like, I get that, like, you know, behind the scenes, the idea behind the gender push was to, you know, capitalize on the Indian market. But, like, within, like, you know, it take kayfabe in, into consideration for a second. Like, the whole, oh, my gosh, like, gender finally got it together and he really, like, you know, did all this shit. And then he, like, you know, became the world champion and he's beaten Randy Orton. And then if Randy Orton ultimately just beats him and wins the feud, doesn't that just completely destroy Jinder Mahal and all of his credibility? Because all of his credibility at this point is built on the fact that he's beaten Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. So if he loses to Randy Orton, then it's like, oh, he's back to, like, he might as well just be Jinder Mahal of 3MB again. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, kind of has to beat Orton. Because even, even, if, even if he loses to the very next fucking guy, at least forevermore he could claim that it's like, hey, I beat randy orton in a feud like mm-hmm. not a lot of guys have done that like i beat randy orton in a title feud because like yeah. i'm trying to remember who the fuck did that he just did that recently to oh yeah fucking randy orton just did that to bray wyatt but like bray wyatt really never fucking beat anybody never did anything but then he got the title and then just like oh he dropped it to randy orton and then that's it yep <laughs> and we were like hey this could be something oh no wait and then he fucking won the meaningless uh, cracked in house match, and then he uh, meaninglessly beat Seth at the last pay per view, and now he's fighting with uh, Finn Balor again, which seems like a lateral move, if not a move down the card. That now he's fighting the guy who wasn't even on the pay per view before, but whatever. That's mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. That he goes down the card, and then Seth Rollins is now going towards the Intercontinental Title. Whatever. <laughs> WWE's booking philosophy doesn't fucking matter. You lose into the Intercontinental title picture, and you win into fighting a uh, mid-card face. Good job. Yeah. Where the fuck did we get into that from? SmackDown, Jinder Mahal? I forget. Yeah, we finished up our predictions, because Jinder Mahal's going to retain. Yes. Uh, Uh, So, 205 Live. Um, We saw the ending to the... uh, Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak feud, possibly, with a Mustafa Ali coming out the win in a two-out-of-three-falls match. Yeah, I feel like this is the end. Um, yeah, uh, Drew Gulak can move on to pestering some other high flyer with the uh, no-fly zone gimmick. And then Mustafa uh, Ali maybe going to start challenging for the title? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he definitely came out of this feud a little elevated. Uh, we got to see a little more promo out of him. Obviously, I think Gulak was the better promo, but still, mm-hmm. Mustafa, I think, held his own. Yeah, and honestly, it's like, I feel like he doesn't need to cut that complicated of a promo. Like, is if they keep the story at this point right now with the Cruiserweight division and these guys going after the Cruiserweight title, it's like constantly being these guys that are trying to prove that they're the best and that they're on the same level as Neville, then the promos don't have to be that complicated. 
It's not mm-hmm. like they're trying to be like, hey, Neville, you're evil, and I want to stop you doing your evil. And it's like, no, I just want to prove that I'm fucking better than you and get the title. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to do. And then Neville's going to be like, well, you know, fuck you. You're not better than me, and I'm going to prove it, and I'm also going to be a dick about it. <laughs> like, you know, perfect. It's a simple, good story. Yeah. And I think that Mustafa Ali can be maybe one of the next guys to step up and uh, probably fail. I don't think Mustafa Ali will be the guy to take the title from him. No. Um, I think it's going to be Akira Tozawa, possibly, with the slight addition to his character, uh, having to use the tights to roll up uh, Arya Davari. Yeah, this is after him... uh... Because he requested the rematch after Titus threw in the towel for him on yeah. Monday. And actually, I liked that he got so fucking pissed at Titus. And I was really hoping that I was like, oh, please let this be the end. Let him just be done with the Titus brand. But then he was just like, get me a rematch. And yeah, I was like, like no. Oh, son of a bitch. It's such an odd fit. I hate it. I hate Tazawa with the Titus brand. It's, it's just so weird. I don't like it. I think Tazawa's. I think it makes him way too goofy. Yeah. And, I mean, he's also been kind of doing that to himself lately. I don't know whether that's him trying to adapt to the American style and just doing it in a way that annoys me or if it's somebody in the back telling him, like, hey, you need to go out there and really get the crowd into it all the time. Like, I know that in Japan, usually they just respect you for being a good wrestler and will patiently watch you. But, like, here you've got to, like, constantly get everybody cheering and doing jackassery. And mm-hmm. it's like, not every guy, that's not every guy's charm. Like... And even when it is, like, it's not everybody does it by, like, turning to the crowd and doing, like, a hammy face of, like, hey, cheer for me now. Yeah. Like, some guys get the reaction, like, hey, cheer for me now by doing badass shit or, you know, something else like that. And, like, I think that's more of where Tozawa comes from. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that, like, people wanted to cheer along for him and do the ah because he was, like, screaming at guys when he was kicking him in the face. Yeah. People liked it because it was different. They didn't want to just yell along because he was, like, looking at them goofy and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't like it. They just need to change it back to how it was. Um, but, yeah, 203 falls. Yep. So that match was good. 205 live was fine. Um, uh, NXT, we had NXT. a really good main event. Yes, NXT main event. Uh, uh, McIntyre and Dane was a solid fucking match. Yeah, uh surpassed my expectations because dane isn't the most experienced guy but i think he definitely held his own against mcintyre and they told a good story yeah it was definitely like a it's interesting because they don't usually tell kind of that like chopping down the tree slaying the beast sort of match with another big guy it's usually a small guy and a big guy but this is like two big guys telling that but like dane just being that a bit bigger than uh mcintyre so like, a little bit bigger, but then also, like, a little bit more unhinged and a little more aggressive. So mm-hmm. then McIntyre had to, like, counter that by, like, being, like, bigger and almost, like, more aggressive somehow. Like, you know, kind of cutting him off at the knees and then just stomp him down. It was mm-hmm. it was a really good, interesting sort of heavyweight fight. Because I liked that neither guys compromised their style. So yeah. I feel like usually when two guys of a similar style go at it, like one of the guys will kind of adapt and change up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But neither of these guys did. Like they were both just like, fuck, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not we're changing. Just gonna go at it. 
I'm not changing my style. I'm going to be a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now we have a new number one contender in Drew McIntyre. Yeah, and this is felt like a, a big enough match and a big enough win that it really made McIntyre feel worthy of the title shot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think there's almost like a... At this point, I guess my question to you is, is, is there any way that Bobby Roode doesn't lose the title to McIntyre? No. I think he's definitely losing it to McIntyre. Do you think there's any chance that he like makes that out of Brooklyn with it and then he drops it to him at a later time? No, I think it's going to be at Brooklyn. I think so, too. Because I th- I th- he's had his run. I think it's time to pass it off to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they could maybe try and squeeze a little more out of him, but, like, yeah, they they like McIntyre. Like, it's... Yeah. They're going to give it to him. You also don't want to, uh, like, overstay Bobby Roode's welcome as the NXT champion. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I th- you might actually get a more compelling story out of, like, you know, McIntyre coming up just straight up runs shop on Bobby Roode, just wipes the floor with his ass. And then mm-hmm. Bobby Roode just like is blown away by this and is like can't accept it. Starts getting more vicious. Maybe even tries to recruit some people, doing all sorts of you know, trying to bend rules, different vicious, it's anything he can to try and get the title back. But then no yeah. matter what he does, he can't overcome McIntyre. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see like his various antics then over like you know the the months after losing the title, him trying to get it back and stuff. Yeah. Because I would like to see what does what does Bobby Roode do when he's really desperate, when he's on the ropes, when he has nothing left to lose. Yep. Um, and then the last little thing we got this week was uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah, good episode. Um, uh, we had a Cage beat up a referee because <laughs> he refused to take off the gauntlet. Yeah, that one that one messed up my bracket a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. Well, I guess Luchasaurus <laughs> wins. Damn it. <laughs> didn't didn't think of that one. Yeah, didn't think the cage would just beat the fuck out of the referee and get disqualified. Uh, and we had Dante Fox beat Son of Havoc because Son of Madness uh, beat up Havoc before his match. Yeah, I was watching this match. It, it was definitely a really good match, so eventually I just kind of got into it. But for the first couple minutes, when... Son of Havoc was actually starting to launch like kind of a comeback after Son yeah. of Hat Madness just fucking fucked him. I was like, Jesus Christ, if Dante Fox doesn't win this match, he's going to look like the biggest bitch ever. <laughs> like, yeah. like, how do you not win this match? After your your opponent just was destroyed him. before the match. How are you going to do? Like somebody just straight burgered this guy and handed him to you and you can't pin him to the ground for three seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, then Dante Fox does eventually pull out the win after what was a fucking killer match. Yeah, great match. Uh, loved Son of Havoc's uh, selling the whole time mm-hmm. with like, coming in with the injury, so to speak. Um, and now we have a parody of Paul Heyman, basically, in Lucha Underground. Yeah, we had the fucking straight-up Paul Heyman knockoff character representing uh, Worldwide Underground now. Benjamin Cook. Benjamin Cook. Benji Cook, um, Benny Cook. Yeah, and he's already paying off because uh, PJ loses his match to Puma, who's uh, more and more giving in to Vampiro. 
Is this is this the first time we heard him say call him master or has he said that before? I, I couldn't. Remember. I think so. I think this is the first time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you have Puma giving more and more into the dark side of the Vampiro, and it allows him to get a win over PJ Black. Uh, but mm-hmm. luckily, PJ gets um, a chance to redeem himself by facing the number one contender, Rey Mysterio, next week. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a nice two-dump match there for Rey. Mm-hmm. Kick, uh, kick PJ Black's ass. And then go after the title. And then go right for the title, and I think... I'm trying to remember what other titles we... I think we should have also um, Pendagon and Drago next week, and then uh, the Mac and Sehano, perhaps? Yeah. I think those are uh, the other two uh, matches in this round. Drago really getting his name out there because of his contract with AAA and Lucha Underground. Um, he is also wrestling on uh, what's now Global Force Wrestling. Oh. Yeah. He, they're doing their um, like a international cup thing mm-hmm. they used to do years ago, where they could bring in guys from all different countries, and Drago's one of the guys from Mexico. Oh, cool! Yeah. All of a sudden, I saw them. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a preview from Global Force, and it had Drago, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "I was like, Lucha Underground, like their contracts are really strict on like when they can appear on other programs, uh, even if they've left Lucha Underground." Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, GFW has a partnership with AAA, which must allow him to do this. So, yeah, he's getting his name out there. That could be. Well, I've, I've got one question left for you, Joe, and it is our fan question of the week. Our question is, how long until WWE becomes WSE, in parentheses, World Sports Entertainment? <laughs> Um, when they have the money to go through, and, well, no, I guess they wouldn't have to change their branding from their past, right? Let's see, because, well, right now their logo is just the W, so I guess they yeah. can still have the W for different stuff of just Well, I was thinking world. of, so the the reason, uh, obviously, of them going from WWF to WWE was the whole lawsuit thing with World Wildlife Fund. Right. Um, so they had to put in the money to go through and like edit all that footage where there was a WF scratch logo. It had to be blurred out. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess if they themselves just changed their name on their own accord, they could still keep the WF WWE names in the past and just be like, yeah, we were formally called that. Right. Before we, uh, like 100%. I mean, I guess at this point they're like 95%, uh, but 100% accept their sports entertainment identity instead of being a wrestling company. Because yeah. that's, that's still what it still technically stands for is the World Wrestling Entertainment, right? Yes. So, yeah, because like they've been using sports entertainment and sports entertainer as like taglines for fucking years now. Even before they changed from FDE. Yeah, even before then. So it's like... Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, if 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 they've been doing it for that fucking long, if they weren't going to do it then, then they probably aren't going to do it now. But yeah, I mean, Vince did it um, because he was getting like it's basically. So if you're uh, like a legit sport company, like any of the boxing or MMA stuff, 
when you come into a state, I think you have to pay certain fees to the commission to hold your event in that state. Mm-hmm. And Vince was tired of paying the fees in good old New Jersey. <laughs> um, apparently, they were one of the higher ones. So he admitted to them. He broke kayfabe and said that we are not an actual sport. We are sports entertainment. And that's what started the whole him leaning towards more of sports entertainment rather than pure sport. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, hmm, I wonder if it's... Do you think if at some point, maybe uh, maybe Vince wouldn't try it again, but maybe Stephanie and Hunter will at some point get an itch and they'll try to like expand WWE to do like some sort of other sport, like maybe not necessarily football, but some of their... Like, uh, maybe, maybe they'll do like a sports entertainment basketball. They'll have a, like instead of instead the of Harlem Globetrotters can in, join it. You know, actually, don't that would be a good place to mine talent? I bet because yeah, instead of doing the direction of like making it extreme, where then just like you can have fouls in basketball and you can tackle each other and do wrestling moves. Instead of doing that, what you do is you just script every other sport like you did wrestling. So you script football, you can script basketball, you can script whatever, and then everything is sports entertainment. Because then so it's as if you're no watching sport. sport. Right. Well, I guess you could watch sports if you want to, but then there's also sports entertainment. <laughs> so that you're always entertained. So that you're always entertained. Oh, man. Like, I'm trying to remember. It was like a year or two ago. Uh, I was watching the Super Bowl with uh, with Emma, and I was actually pointing out to her, like, as we were watching the game, I was like, man, like, wouldn't it have been better if, like, this happened instead? If you could script this shit, then it, you could. Like, you could just have this happen instead. Wouldn't that be a really interesting well, game? And it was like, oh, then what if this ref is fucking crooked? <laughs> <laughs> and he won't call the things on the Cowboys or whatever. Like, yeah, just... I was going to this whole thing with her, and she's like, yeah, all right, I, I see your point. <laughs> um, that's actually funny. Um, because uh, Vince had that problem when he started the XFL. Mm. Like, all the reporters and stuff reporting on her are like, is this real? <laughs> And he's like, of course it's real. And they're just like, well, because the other stuff you do isn't. So. <laughs> and you say that's real. <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely interesting. Yeah, I, that, that was an interesting question to think about. Yeah, maybe maybe someday it will be the uh, WSE, the World Sports Entertainment. Uh-huh. It'll be the WSEE, the World Sports <laughs> Entertainment Empire, right? Because it's the, yeah. the empire. Definitely. <laughs> or just World Sports Empire. Wait, no, they have to be entertainment. Yeah, so W-S-E-E. Yeah, they're going to start their empire. They're gonna. It's already started, Joe. Yeah. Then they will complete it. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, check us out on all of our social media, Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, uh, Smart Brothers on Twitter, and supersmartbrothers at gmail.com where you continue sending in those great questions. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us uh, on this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Peace out, motherfuckers. See ya next week.